I want to deliver a message to you this morning entitled, In the Storm. And we have the teaching lights. Are the teaching lights up? They are? Okay. Just got dim up here for whatever reason. I said we call, they're called teaching lights because that's the label on the light, light board, teaching lights, and it's, it's lighting for our uh, live stream and everything. I want to deliver a message entitled, In the Storm. In the Storm. Turn your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 14. And once you get there, just put your finger in there. We'll get to it in just a couple of minutes. We all go through storms. Some storms are harder than other ones. Some storms we weather pretty easily. Maybe they have little to no damage, but other storms can be extraordinarily destructive. We've all had them. Some of us may be going through storms even as I speak. So no matter what the storm may be or no matter what the severity of the storm may be, I, I, I know this for sure. I know who I want going through the storm with me. Amen. Amen. And it's the Lord Jesus Christ. We do a song here every once in a while that says, uh, Jesus at the center of my life. And I suggest we add a stanza that says, Jesus in the center of my storm. We need to have that realization. Usually when a bad storm comes, especially, you know, a tornado or something like that, we're looking for a way of escape, some form of rescue, uh, or at least we're looking for some kind of shelter to get away from the, the, the effects of the storm. Sort of like the picture of the victim, you know, on a rooftop during a flood waiting for the helicopter to come hoist them up out of the reality of the storm. But it might just be, and I'm just now reminded of this, because I got to number one on the handout, that maybe you didn't get a handout. If you did not get a handout, raise your hands higher. Ushers will bring, they'll deliver them to you. They're on their way now, so just hold your hand up and uh, praise God. And number one on that handout is God knows, sometimes, you know, we, we, we want... We want a helicopter, so to speak, to come get us up out of the mess. But sometimes God, I believe, knows that we need to learn how to make it through the storm instead of always being rescued from the storm. We need to learn how to weather the storm instead of just looking for a way out of the storm. Because that's not always how it works. God doesn't have, a, you know, the Coast Guard orange and white, is it orange and white, red and white, I can't remember, the Coast Guard helicopter that comes and rescues people in times of need. Now, he does rescue us in times of need. I'm not suggesting that. There might be some occasions when our falling on our face asking God to get us out of it isn't actually his will. Maybe he wants us to learn to get through it depending upon him versus getting out of it in some other way. Jesus is the one who will walk with us through every phase of the storm. And, I, and, and Diane and I know storms, okay? We know what it's like to go through storms. And we know that that storm often comes in different phases. There's the, the time when 
it looks uh, foreboding off the horizon and the skies are black and, the, and you can see the lightning off in the distance. And then the next thing you know, it's um, the thunder is crashing right overhead and the wind is blowing and gusting and, and then all of a sudden the rains come. And so there's phases of the storm. Storms hit and we pray, Lord, get me out of this. The storm comes and it gets rough and we are saying, I don't want to be here. And Jesus replies, peace be still. But he doesn't always say that to the storm. He says it to you. And he says it to me. He says, son, peace be still. Daughter, peace be still. I'll be with you through the storm. Just hang on to me. We love the imagery of Jesus, uh, you know, when he was sleeping in the boat and the, and the disciples were being, the boat was being overrun with water and the disciples were freaking out and Jesus stood up and said, peace be still. And we like to believe that that's always just for the storm. No, sometimes we need to learn how to have peace in the middle of the storm. All right. We want out. We want a way of escape. We want Jesus to remove us from the storm. And this is number two on your handout. Jesus wants to be the peace in our storm. He wants to be the strength in our storm. He wants to be the stability in our storm. He wants to be the anchor in the storm. Now, did you get your Bibles over to Matthew chapter 14? Very common passage of Scripture about Peter walking on the water. That's, that's how we, Jesus and Peter walking on the water. But we might miss a few points as it relates to this. So starting with verse 22, immediately he, being Jesus, made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he sent the crowds away. I got a feeling the disciples are like, we're not going together? How are you getting over there? We're supposed to escort you. Don't you think we, the sky looks black over there, Jesus? We might want to, I see some heat lightning off in the distance. I think there's a storm coming. It might, we might want to stick together on this one. Well, after he had sent the crowds away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. But the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. I got a feeling the disciples had to be going, Where, where's, why, why isn't he with us? He should be with us. Remember the, remember the last time that the boat was being overrun with water and he just stood up and said, peace be still, and everything got better? I think he should be in the boat with us right now. He, he went back up on that mountain again. Peter, what's he doing up on that mountain? Every time we need him, he's up there on that mountain. Why isn't he with us in the storm? Now, now, keep in mind that most of these guys were seasoned fishermen. That's what they did for a living. They, know, they knew this, these waters. They knew the storms that come up on these waters. It always uh, astounded me that they were always so freaked out in the midst of the storm. What that says is not that they are just a bunch of sissies, but that the storm was bad for these fishermen to be saying, we're going to die. And they got to be remembering the last time they were going to die and Jesus was taking a nap. 
and woke up and said, peace be still. They just wanted the peace be still with them through every storm. Well, verse 25, and in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm out on Nevin's Lake where I live and it's nighttime, and Diane comes walking across the water, I'd be freaking out. I'd be freaking out. So you, you get to, I often share when I read scriptures, I, I, I share with you that I kind of see it like a movie. I'm sure many of us do that. So Jesus sends them away. They're already thinking, it's going to storm. We all know it's going to storm. Why isn't he with us? He's back there up on the mountain. He must be praying. But why did he not invite us there and send us here? And boy, here come the storms. It's, the, uh, it's early in the day at the fourth watch. And he came to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. And they said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. I don't think they were singing the Behold Him song. It's in our storms when things are bad and Jesus, we feel like, isn't with us. He's somewhere else that we begin to cry out in fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them, to them, not to the storm. He spoke to them and said, take courage. It's I, do not be afraid. And Peter said in his normal impetuous way, Hey, Lord, if it's you, bid me come to you out there on the water. And Jesus said, Come on. But knowing Peter, I got to believe there was a little part of him going, That's not the answer I wanted. He probably was like hoping Jesus would say, no, you just stay right there. I'll come on over and meet you in the boat. And Jesus says, come on. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But seeing the wind, seeing the storm, he became frightened and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Now, I've still been trying to figure out how a person begins to sink. Because my experience has been, you step out of the boat, you sink! It's almost like it just blurred right past beginning to sink. Sort of like the cartoon characters, you know, when they used to jump off the end of the cliff and they just hung there for a minute and then and their eyeballs were the last ones to come down. I mean, how do you begin to sink? That means you're starting to sink slowly. It's, not your nor it's still not your normal water event because you don't begin to sink in water. You just sink. Okay? Seeing the wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately, everybody say immediately. 
Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? Peter's got to be going, excuse me? You're asking me why I'm doubting? The boat's back there? <clears throat> you would think it would have been Jesus would be like, oh, come on, Peter, it's all right, son. I know it's hard. I know, I know the storm's bad. First thing, he didn't even say, nice job getting out of the boat. That was pretty brave of you to even think about getting out here with me. The first thing Jesus says to him is, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Now that, <coughs> excuse me, perplexes me a little bit. Why is that Jesus' first response? When clearly the circumstances give every reason to be afraid. The circumstances give every reason to doubt. And Jesus is going, why did you doubt? And actually, it sounds like, sounds like maybe he gave him a little sharp rebuke. You have little faith. I mean, how would you like it if you were struggling with some disease or something and you weren't getting healed and I just looked at you and went, well, you're, you, you got little faith. What's the matter with you? Why are you doubting? So, in verse 35, well, verse 31, excuse me, immediately Jesus stretched out his hand, took hold of him, and said to him, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And uh, when they got into the boat, the wind stopped, which means they had to walk back to the boat. And those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, you certainly are God's son. They're probably like, Man, Jesus, you're amazing. Peter, you're an idiot. Because <laughs> human nature would have been not only are you stupid to get out of the boat, but you got a severe rebu rebuke from the Lord. You would think that the Lord would have said, nice try. At least you tried. I'm so grateful, Peter, that you gave it a shot. Those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, You are certainly God's son. Behold him. Now they're feasting their eyes on him. And when they had crossed over, they came to land at Gennesaret. And when the men of that place, recognizing him, recognized him, they sent word into all the surrounding districts and brought to him all were sick. And they implored him that he might touch just the fringe of his cloak and as many as touched it were cured. This is the same Jesus, by the way, that calms the winds and the waves. They already know this. They've seen him already speak, peace be still, and seen the waves and the winds calmed simply at his word. Isn't it interesting that in this story, there's no telling of Jesus saying to the storm, shh. Stop. When we know that he's the one who can speak to the storm, shh, and it settles down and is quiet. No, he doesn't speak to the, the storm. He speaks to the disciples. 
and he invites them to walk with him in the storm. Are you hearing me, beloved? He doesn't always say, peace be still to the storm. Sometimes he says, you got to get out of that, that comfort spot that you're in, you know, the boat. And you're going to have to come walk with me in the storm. You want to get to the other side. You want to get through the storm. you got to recognize, I am in the storm with you. And I'm saying to you, son and daughter, why don't you peace be still and calm down. And even if you do a good job at it, he's going to say, why you have little faith? Why did you doubt? And that perplexes me. I pray that I have an answer for you. So Peter said to Jesus, well, if it's really you, which that perplexes me too, because either you got faith that it's him or you, you're not sure. The phrase, if it's really you, says there's a little bit of doubt before he ever even steps out. And we've got to give Peter some props, right? He did get out of the boat. Right on? But he started out, if it's you, invite me to come. And of course, as we said, Jesus said, come on. Now, we kind of have this Renaissance painting picture of the whole thing. Jesus out there and perfect hair and perfect beard and flowing robe, walking and hovering above the water. Come to me. You know, the Renaissance painting. But we've got to keep in mind that they weren't just hovering above, above the water line. They weren't just walking on water. They were walking on waves. It was not a calm, serene Renaissance picture. There was waves, and I would suggest white caps with sea spray and wind. They were wet. Now, maybe not Jesus. Maybe he just always had a flowing robe with perfect hair and a perfect beard. But I suggest not, because if he's in the storm with you and he's in the storm with me, then he's a, he, although he's not affected like we are, he's saying, I understand everything that you're going through. I suffer in every way that you suffer. That's why you can depend upon me. I've got your answer. I don't necessarily want to go to the Victorian Renaissance picture of Jesus. I want to go to the Jesus who died on a cross for me, who's... <clears throat> Scripture says he was not pleasant to behold, but he's got my answer. He's the one I want. <clears throat> I would suggest not only is there wind and white caps and waves and sea spray, I'm betting there was lightning and there was thunder. It's a storm and a bad one, right? Did you guys all see that storm come across north of uh, Mount Pleasant this week? Oh, yeah. I knew it was going to rain. I just washed my truck. <laughs> yeah. Man, that lightning was something. I was watching that off, and I man, man, I pray I don't go that far. It was a storm. On, there was lightning. There was thunder. All that had to be in this setting. And I don't know about you, but water walking is one thing, but wave walking, that's another thing altogether. So let's get this Renaissance Victorian flowing gown, 
Hair ain't even moving in the wind. You know, when your beard gets about this long, it actually gets cool because when you get in the wind, it sticks out that way. <laughs> but then you have to ask this question. Why the waves? Wouldn't it have been epic enough to have been a beautiful full moon night, starry sky? These guys are just rowing across, and here comes Jesus on the water. I mean, that's epic enough. Jesus walking on the water, and it's beautiful, and it's amazing out there. And he says, Peter, come on out. And Peter, that's epic enough. Why the waves? Why is there a storm? What is Jesus trying to get into them? <clears throat> I think that it was pretty epic to get out of the boat. There ain't no way. So we, we got to give Peter some props, right? Uh, he did more than any of us probably ever would. So he gets out of the boat and he takes a few steps. But something happened because remember Jesus was there with him in the storm, right? Jesus said, come on out in the waves and the sea spray and the wind and the lightning and the thunder. Come on, come on out. I'm here. And Peter sees him and Peter says, that, is, is, is it you? By gummies, guys, I think it's him. I don't know if they, that's from the southern part of Jerusalem when they say by gummies, but. <laughs> he says, it looks like Jesus, I'm going. And he gets out. So he knew Jesus was there at one point. He had his focus completely upon Jesus, right? But he, he, his focus shifted from Jesus in the storm with him to he being in the storm by himself. And Jesus never went anywhere. He was still there. So Jesus reaches out and takes Peter by the hand and he says... Great job, Peter. You sure passed the faith test today. I cannot believe you got out of the boat. Nice. Good work. Give me a high five. We'd have been fist bumping and chest bumping and just doing all kinds of other stuff. You come over to my lake and get out of the boat and walk on water. We're going we're gonna to make some steaks, let me tell you what. Why are you doubting? And again, I got to go, really? You can see the storm. You can see the waves. You can see the sea spray. You can feel the wind. You, that last lightning bolt almost hit you. And you want to know why I'm doubting? Well, that's because it was a rhetorical question. And it was not a jab. It was not an insult. With the rhetorical question, Jesus is saying, you really have no reason to doubt because I'm here. See, we could look at that and go, boy, he jabbed him pretty hard. Why are you doubting, ye of little faith? No, no. What, he, what he's actually saying to him is more of a reassurance to say, hey, you, come on, Peter. I, I see the waves too, and I feel the sea spray, and my hair and my beard's out of place now, and we're wet, and, and 
you've got no reason to fear. There, there's nothing for you to worry about. You have no reason to doubt, my friend, because I'm here with you. That's the beauty of the rhetorical question. That's not to say, you have little doubt. What's the matter with you? No, he's saying, he's saying Chad, you've got no reason to worry, bud. I'm right here. Brian, you got no reason to worry? Jesus is saying, I'm right here. Been here all along. Matter of fact, I already told you to calm down. So in the middle of the storms, and this is number three, I believe God would ask us the same thing. Why are you doubting? I don't know that there's any of us as impetuous as Peter. Well, maybe as impetuous, but not as faith-filled as Peter. I can't say I'd get out of the boat. I'd be like, give me my faith, my faith floaties. Let me have my faith floaties. I'm all better now. Jesus, number, this is number three. Why are you doubting? What are you worried about? Why are you so anxious? He's not asking the question to belittle us, but to remind us that we really have no reason to fear and we really have no reason to doubt, even in the worst of possible circumstances. You don't have to worry. You don't have to fear. You don't have to doubt. And you don't have to get tired of the storm and think, he's not here. He's not hearing me. You have to believe and know that He is there with you in the midst of the storm. In the storm. Not speaking to the storm, but inviting you and me to come to Him, to put our focus upon Him and to not allow the waves and the wind and the lightning and the thunder and everything else to distract us, but to somehow have such a belief and concentration upon Him that our eyes are not diverted to the negative things that are happening around us. Because the negative things happening around us can derail us and defeat us. As they did Peter, he began to sink. And I, always, and I shared this a thousand times, I know that you know, they had to have been within arm's reach of each other. Peter was almost at his destination. He had already walked across the water. He was within arm's reach, hand's reach of Jesus when he took his focus off of Jesus. Think about it, friends might be easier to take your focus off of Jesus when he's still 50 yards out and you're trying to see through the, the sea spray and the wind and everything else and the darkness. And Are you still there? <coughs> I can't see you, Lord. Are, are you there? And all of a sudden, Jesus pops up because he's riding on top of a wave. Okay, there he is. It, all it says, it does not say, and Jesus scooted quickly across the water to Peter. It says Jesus reached out his hand. This is how I know they were within hands reach, arms reach, that close to his destination and took his eyes off the prize. Jesus reaches out. <clears throat> 
takes him. Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 through 3 says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you and I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'm going to be with you. And through the rivers, they're not going to overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you're not going to be burned. You won't even be scorched. For I am the Lord, your God. I know some of us are going through storms right now. Some of us are facing heavy stuff. Stuff that can cause you to get your eyes off of the one who's actually in the storm with you. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to take my eyes off Jesus right when I'm within arm's reach of my answer. See, Peter found his answer in the storm, not in the boat. Peter got his answer and his deliverance in the storm, not after Jesus said, shh, storm, stop it now. See, that's what we want. We want the helicopter hoist to get us out of the situation. And Jesus is saying, you're going to have to learn to trust me in this stuff. You're going to have to learn to believe that I am here with you. And you're going to have to learn to believe and trust that even if you take your eyes off me for an instance, I'm going to reach out and I'm going to save you and I'm going to rescue you. You know, Jesus is is saying to us, you're not going to go aground, run aground in the storm surge. You're not going to crash and come apart on the stony reefs. You're not going to wash ashore on some uh, uncharted, barren desert island. Why? Number four, because Jesus is with you and he's the anchor that holds. Now, Hear me, beloved. Here's the thing about anchors. An anchor does its job where it is not seen. I want you to think about that for a minute. I drop that anchor on my boat, and it plunges down into the water and goes into the depths and finds something on the lake bed floor to grab hold of. And I can't see it. I've done it in my, my speedboat where I took off trying to come into shore. And I kept wondering why I couldn't dock the boat. Every time I'd get within six feet of the dock, the boat would go backwards. And I'm like, what the what the what? I never pulled the anchor up. And I got a little fishing boat this year, and that happened to me again. You'd think I'd learn by now. I will. I'm coming in with my little boat and I've already dropped the anchor out in 25 feet of water and I'm thinking, man, why is that front end going down? I'm, I'm sitting in the back and it shouldn't be going down and, and all of a sudden uh, the whole, I'm, I'm giving it a little bit more gas back here and, and all of a sudden it goes, vroom! Anchor was down. Oh, you laugh at me because you've never done that. You're thinking, well, I have done it once, but I've never done it twice. So there. (laughs) That anchor plunges down 
and it goes out of sight and it holds. The anchor is doing its job where, when, and where you can't see it. This, I got a little tongue in cheek there about some of my stupid experiences, but my point is Jesus is going to do his job whether you can see him or not. In fact, he's probably going to do his best work when you can't see him. So Peter, you know, till the anchor drops and you're all cool because you're back in the boat, like I'm back in the boat and I forgot I even got the anchor down. And you're back in the boat and you're beaten up by the storm. And like Peter, all you see is the waves and all you see is the wind and all you see is the storm. But beloved, under the surface of all that is an anchor holding firm for you and me. And that anchor's name is Jesus. I told you, I, only, I know who I want with me in the storm. And... I kind of like the anchor experience better than the walking on the water experience. Funny thing is, I think he'd still ask us, why are you doubting? What are you worried about? Did you forget I was holding? It's, It's all completed at the cross of Calvary. I accomplished everything. I am Jesus, the anchor, And I am holding firm onto you in the storm, in the waves, in the wind, in the sea spray, in the treacherous, dangerous, terrifying moments. Jesus is saying, whether you see me or whether you don't, I'm there. I got you. Number five, Christ would say to you, you've got what you need to make it through because I've got you in my grip. If only we could trust that. And we need to learn to trust it in the storm. As I get ready to close, Isaiah chapter 41 verse 13 says, I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. You see, when we hear Jesus saying those words to Peter, hey, you of little faith, why did you fear? He's saying, Peter, 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 you don't need to fear. You don't need to be afraid. I'm here whether you see me or whether you don't. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So in closing, when Jesus asked Peter why he he was doubting, I need you to keep in mind they weren't back in the boat yet. They were still in the midst of the storm. He didn't wait to get him back in the boat to say, hey, by the way, what were you freaking out about? They're still in the midst of the storm. They were still in the water with the waves, with the ocean spray, in the thick of the storm. And Jesus wanted him to consider his reaction to the storm. Sometimes we need to come face to face 
with the storm to see our reaction to the storm. Because is our reaction to the storm one of fear, one of doubt, or is our reaction to the storm one of praise and worship that God has got me? I'm, is it one of calm and peace, even in the midst of the storm, whether the waves be still are you? Whether the wind ceases to blow, have you found calm, knowing that the anchor holds and that Jesus has got you in the midst of the storm? Beloved, we need this message today. I know me and Miss Diane, we need this message today. And I'm certain that many of you do as well. Jesus wanted Peter to consider his reaction to the storm. And this is number six. Jesus needed Peter to realize that he's saying, Peter, I'm just as faithful in the storm as I am on the peaceful shoreline. I'm just as faithful here in the midst of the storm as I am in the boat. I'm just as faithful here in the middle of this sea in the depths of darkness down below you, I'm just as faithful here as I am on the mountaintop where I came from a little while ago. I'm just as faithful in the midst of it all. You got no reason to doubt. You got no reason to fear. I'm always within hand's reach. Oh, beloved, I pray that you're getting this today. So the lesson is pretty evident. <clears throat> And it's easy to have faith and it's easy to have peace when safely in the boat. When there's no wind, when there's no storm, when the waters are calm. Diane and I went kayaking one time up at uh, Higgins Lake. And we got out in the lake, and boy, that wind was going, and waves were coming over the top of our kayaks. And I'm just holding on to the side. I don't have an anchor down, so I'm probably good to go. <laughs> just floating with the wind and the waves. Diane's like, we got to get out of here. And she's like, I'm getting wet. Can you hear Peter? Hey, Jesus, come on, I'm getting wet. It's easy to have peace and faith when you're on the shore watching it happen to somebody else out there. But we can have, we can have peace and we can have calm and we can have faith and we can have trust. This is what I want to get to your hearts today in the middle of the storm. And sometimes that's right where God needs you, in the middle of the storm. I pray that I can mature to enough to a place in my life where when I'm in the midst of, of the this, this most serious part of the storm, that I don't have a reaction that says, rescue me from this, but let me have faith that you are here with me in this. And sometimes we might have to stay in the storm until we learn the lesson, the lesson that he's here with you in the storm. Don't forget that this same Jesus is the one 
And the disciples already knew he could just speak a word and the storm has to hush. But Jesus didn't do that, did he? He welcomed them and he's welcoming you and me today to walk with him in the storm. If you can believe it and you can receive it, would you give the Lord a praise in the house of God? Closing scripture, then we're going to pray together and send you all home or wherever it is that you're heading. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 6 and verse 8. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Give God some praise in the house of God. Sometimes what we need to do is just behold him. He's there. Amen. Hallelujah. Bow your heads with me for a minute. Father, we thank you for an opportunity today to, to come together in the house and certainly to enjoy each other's company, but to come together today to behold you, to be in your presence, to be fascinated by how amazing you are, and to look upon you with great confidence and hope that you will see us through every storm. And Lord, today, as I look across this congregation and I see every head bowed and every eye closed, I know that you know every storm going on in each person's life. Whether they're in a time of peace, we all know, Lord, that we're going to go through storms if we're not going through one right now. I'm going to pray, Lord, on my own behalf, and I speak this for everyone else. Help us to walk with you in the storm instead of just asking you to rescue us out of it. Help us to have faith and to trust that you're just a hand's reach away and that you've got us and there's no reason to fear and there's no reason to be afraid. In Jesus' name, amen.